1: Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by In We Go. I'm Henry Chisholm, and I'm here at Blake Street Tavern with Ryan Konigsberg. Hello. And Ali Monroy. Hello. Yeah, and so we're going to have a lot of fun tonight talking about the Buffs. But before we do that, I want to tell you a little bit more about In We Go, because it's like the coolest thing ever. You I guys,
2: love In We Go.
1: You've used it to go to Buff games, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: We use it for Buffs football and Buffs basketball multiple times.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Are all of them on there? It's pretty close to all of them. Most, yeah.
2: Most, definitely. Yeah. It's a really, I mean, and it's perfect for the summer, too. I tweeted it out. I've done so much because of Inwego. Like, no BS. Like, legit. I've done so much in the city and, like, explored and done things I probably would have never done because of Inwego. Like, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't have gone to... Taco Fest or Chicken Fight Fest. I mean, tickets for that are like $75 each time. Yeah. And if you have the pass, then you can get two events for like $40, and like, with our code, four you events. get four, four events for $40. And with our code, you um, get it for free yeah. the first month. So I feel like it's just so worth it to check it out. Why not go have some of those events?
3: I feel like the three of us are like the most diehard in-we-goers. We've been doing it for years now. I know. Yeah. And like, like when, used... he- when Henry did his
2: internship, internship yeah. with
3: then BSN, like all three of us were hitting up Inigo events. Taylor Swift. Remember that, Taylor was that Swift like
1: concert? That was like the first one of the first times we all hung I think was the out. first weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then there was we like did, the Rockies game right after. We got club level seats for like 14 of us or something. Yeah.
2: We did uh, Taylor Swift, Luke Bryan, I, Kenny Chesney oh, yeah. was on there. Sam Smith was on there. Uh, huh. uh, I'm blanking. Uh, Childish Gambino. Like we've done oh, a yeah. lot of concerts on there. And then besides sporting events, like, they even have, like, a tequila tasting, which, you know, is right up my alley. But, yeah, so definitely check it out.
3: Uh, last thing I'll say about this, I feel like our friendship, we can owe a little bit to Invigo Because, like, you were working yep. with us, but we didn't hang out that much. And then we started going to Invigo things and started hanging out a lot more. Seriously.
1: That's exactly what happened. And uh, if you guys want to be friends with us, then start going to In we go Things because they put all the tickets together and we all just go hang true, out. true.
2: You can hang out with
1: us. I want to become friends with that guy who looked like Matt Patricia. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I you thought guys
3: about could forever. not
2: get over that. I mean, no.
3: it was a dead ringer. He looked just like,
2: like Matt right, Patricia. He looks like him. Let's move on. And you guys were like, oh, he's there again. Oh, my God. How
1: many, he literally how many wore a Patriots hat him? one time. He I was like, he the, he, no, he gets it. That was, that, that was like the joyride thing. Right? Oh, yeah. To Where taco, did we go to that? To the Taco, taco Fest. was to the Taco Fest. It's like a party bus. We went with him. All right, was we'll the talk other about the buffs. Oh, yeah, the Buffs. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a Buffs podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the Buffs. whole bunch of stuff, like the basketball game tomorrow. How excited are you, Ryan? Not excited at all. Oh, no.
2: I'm excited. I, it's going to okay. be obvious. Obviously, it's a big game. And I think... It's a revenge game. I think. I think good things will what come. What are we re- yeah. What are
1: we avenging? From
2: the l- consistent losses. I,
1: I feel like it's revenge against like everybody who said that they're terrible. Like I, I'm about to like post this column too, but like, it seems like the reason the buffs were so good early on was that they felt like they had to prove something. Like people expected them to be good, but they were still like, ah, oh, this is Colorado. They aren't actually going to go win things, and they went out and they like started winning. And now they've started losing again, and people are back on the. Yeah, they're not really. Yeah, it's a Colorado
2: contender. train, and you're and like, I think
1: come on. I think he'll fire them back up. I think it's like round two of that. I think that's what the revenge is.
2: I do think that if they don't win, it's not looking good. But I do think yeah. they have, they <laughs> do n- have a chance of winning. Hold and on, rev- let's and be- revenging the fact that Utah has like been an issue for Colorado and like stopped Colorado yeah. from even this year a bowl game, like certain things like that.
3: Yeah, um, you guys are setting yourself up for a terrible Saturday. Um, Not that I don't think they can win. It's just I've trained myself to never get excited about road games. It's just I personally won't allow myself to do that because road games, even when they win, aren't fun. It's going to be sloppy and messy and gross, and there's going to be ridiculous shots that go in for the Utes that would never go in for the buffs, and it's just – I just know what, what we're getting ourselves into. Get that so,
2: negative energy out of here in this
3: building. So while I would predict them to win, I'm not going to sit here and get excited over okay. a road game while on a five-game losing streak.
2: Okay, you can be realistic. <laughs> Fine. Or wait, no,
3: not a five-game. Three. Three-game losing streak. Yeah, see, I've already started adding them yeah. on.
1: Yeah, you're just assuming they're they're going into the NCAA tournament. If they way. in the Pac-12 too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here's my question: Is like, when will you start to get excited? Like, they have to be up like 20 with three minutes left for you to actually. I mean, flip. I'm gonna be
3: into the game regardless. Okay. But I'm not. I there's it's just no. I I can't get excited <laughs> right now. You don't even see yourself getting excited
1: before the game tomorrow.
3: I'll be. Eager to watch them play. I will not be excited about the game. Uh,
2: I remember getting excited before the football game against Utah being like, oh, yeah, they're going (laughs) to – you know what? I just have a good feeling.
1: I also had a good feeling. And
2: it didn't end up that way, so we're going to hope that it's not the same type of feeling against another Utah team.
3: Real quick, you said, like, it's not looking good if they lose. Let's just be real clear about one thing. They're going to the tournament no matter what happens. Yeah. like, like,
2: in the tournament – with four straight losses is tough.
3: Four, it would be four straight going into the Pac-12 tournament. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. So then, yeah. They're definitely going to that one. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that can, the only this thing is can the wrong stop the tone. bus from going to the tournament is, is coronavirus.
1: <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. The first case was found in Las Vegas last night. Oh lovely. Lovely. <laughs> I I know because I've been Googling it like every six Henry. hours for the last week. Like coronavirus, Las Vegas, and last literally it hit.
3: Every time you Google that, your chances of getting it go up ten percent.
2: Can we yeah. all
1: <laughs> yes. take yeah, is that how it works? Yeah. Just Can thinking we about all
2: it. have some joy or take some joy from the facts that CSU CSU'd? Yesterday, losing I, to Wyoming. I, I think we
1: can uh, a I can, little I bit.
2: Come on, Ryan.
1: You Ryan has to pander to the Broncos base. No, like, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm not worried about any CSU
3: Broncos oh, okay. fans listening to this podcast. <laughs> what I will say is, once in basketball, it's weird because in it, the Buffs don't really need the the boost at this point. But like, once you've played a team, you want them to win. But I guess they played both of those teams. I Either. forgot they played Wyoming. Holy. I, I had erased that from my memory. <laughs> it's that a was long one of the worst season. basketball games I've ever seen in my entire life. It's a
1: lot of basketball games.
3: So I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I take joy in it now. Yeah. Good. But I don't know. Like, I just felt bad for Justin. Like, Justin was okay. out there covering the game. That I think that's why I didn't get as much enjoyment out of it. So I'm like, oh, our company paid for Justin to go out there to cover the tournament. Well, he doesn't get to do that. He gets to go to one game.
1: Yeah, I know. And, like, that's what I'm terrified of with all this going on is, like, if I'm getting out there the night of the tenth, on the eleventh they play a game at eleven a.m. If they don't get a buy, and they lose, then I'm stuck in Vegas with no nothing to generate. Oh my content. God, you're oh, no, stuck it'll, in it'll Vegas. it'll be fun. I'll have the time of my life. But like, Poor what? Justin what am I writing about for the next like three four days that I'm there?
2: No, I mean just like random
1: packed. 12 Like I'm stalking Larry Scott and trying to like, like it would be terrible. I
2: don't, even... I don't necessarily see it happening with the boss. It was crazy that it happened with CSU, especially because they were doing well like, yeah. going into Then Wyoming went and beat
3: Nevada last night.
1: Yeah. So. yeah. And now they're on to CSU.
3: Wyoming now has generated one-third of what they came into the tournament with. They already have gotten one-third of that
1: at uh, the tournament. College basketball is so much fun.
2: March Madness yep. is madness. That's the only way to describe it.
3: But anyways, they're going to the tournament. It would just... The, the, honestly the goal is to get off the schneid before you get there. Yeah. yeah. So whether it's tomorrow, we hope, whether it's in Vegas with that 5-12 game or they can't get the 5, can they? It's like they if they lose they get the 6. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I, I know I know it's confusing. Yeah, so <laughs> but either way, I know what's good and what's
3: bad. Like if that's what it takes, then I'm fine with them not having a bye cuz they got they need to win a game. They do. They really so, do. So That's I'm hoping it happens tomorrow. I'm not getting my hopes up because I'm I'm trained that way. Are you feeling
2: just like with the Pac-12? They've been they've played well with that neutral territory. It's better than a road game.
3: I mean, literally, this is what hinges on tomorrow's game. They win tomorrow's game. I'm saying like they could win the Pac-12 tournament. Yep. They lose tomorrow's game. I'm like, what if they end the game? What if they end the season on a seven-game losing streak? Yeah. Would it be six? That would be.
1: Four and then fifth would be Pac-12. Maybe so losing five going into the NCAA tournament. Like yep. that,
3: you hate to be- even think about it, but that exists. Like sometimes teams just go cold at the wrong time. Yeah, I mean we saw it in a in a micro version against UCLA where they just went dry, and that's what started this whole thing. And I mean yep. that's
2: happened a few times this season, not as long of a period as it happened with UCLA, but the Buffs have gone dry shots just weren't going in multiple times and you're just like what what is going on
3: I mean the truth is that's a unfortunate subplot of the entire tad Boyle era mm. but I think it yeah. does happen across college basketball where teams just go dry but it's unfortunately been something that you can kind of count on
2: at from- some point in the second like at some point in the game it's happened for the Buffs.
1: yeah yeah But how crazy is it that this is the tone of this discussion going into the last game of the season when uh, if they win tomorrow, this will be their best record in program history. We're legitimately in the midst of potentially the best season ever. And the highest finish in the Pac-12 in program history. Yeah, never gotten a bye. But that's what
3: I mean by how much ride's on tomorrow. I mean, we should be talking about right now a team that has already locked in because if they would have just beat UCLA... Yep. That would already be locked in. So we should be talking yeah. about a team that's uh, trying to fine-tune their NCAA tournament seating. Like, that's what we should be talking about. But we're not. And I don't know how anyone... Like, everyone listening to this podcast who's ever heard me talk about the Buffs knows I am the eternal optimist when it comes yep. to the Buffs. I don't know how anyone can feel optimistic about this team right now. They're, they're in a rut. Now... I can live in a world where at any moment they can come out of that rut. And we you just cross your fingers it's happening tomorrow. But the truth is, until they're out of it, you can't be optimistic. Exactly. You
1: just can't. Like
2: It makes sense.
1: I will say that the vibe, I don't know that there's been like a positive vibe. Love a good vibe around check. Around the CU event center. It definitely isn't positive, but people get it now. Like, like they—they're saying. I need a better was, description. Yeah. It's not I'm, positive. Working, I'm working it up. I'm you working let him into it. Out. Let they're him they're still it out. not like necessarily feeling good about things. But last week were two of the worst practices of the season. Tad was upset. He was screaming. A lot, oh, and uh, this week he said, you know what, we watched the film, we sat there for a couple hours, watched every one of the 20 layups we gave up against Stanford, a whole bunch of other things, and even Lucas Seward, who I was talking to, said, you know what, we're, we're working hard again, like this is one of the toughest practices we've had, so it does feel like they've come to grips with things, and they're trying to work past it, whereas last week they still just seemed lazy.
2: Like living in denial, sort of thing, too. Yeah, being like, "Yeah, we're good." We're good. And now realizing, like, "Oh no, we need to step it up."
3: Maybe there was like a little bit of uh, air that got taken out of their sails when they realized they couldn't win the Pac-12 anymore. Yeah, and so that was kind of their goal, and that was taken away from them. And now maybe they have to re-realize, okay, that goal is gone. We can still have the best Pac-12 finish in program history. We can have the highest regular season win total in program history. We can still go to the second weekend of the tournament. I mean, all of their goals, other than winning the Pac-12, are still right in front of them.
1: And there are so many more. Like that was. It's actually been interesting for me coming from covering the Big Sky, where everything's about the tournament. It's a one bid conference, and so you go to the NCAA tournament. If you win the conference tournament, you don't. If you don't, right. I had just assumed that in all of college basketball, that's what you were after. Like, like what everybody wanted. Like number one was, I mean, I guess like all the national stuff. But right behind that is winning the conference tournament, and then behind that is winning, like, the regular season conference. But turns out, no. Bus fans here want to just win the Pac-12 season, which I guess makes sense. Oh, we've already won a Pac-12 championship. That's true. That's (laughs) true. Uh, A
3: tournament. So, uh, but the truth is, the tournament is luck involved. Yeah. Whereas if you win the regular season of your conference, that means you were the best team in the conference. Yeah. And so... I think that there's a big difference there. Like, teams that win their conference make noise in March. You know, like, you can you can not count on it, but that's what's expected. Being fourth in the Pac-12, you're just a wild card. You know, like. Yep. But I keep coming back to this as I, you know, whenever I get into a negative thought train about this team is, like, if they get it together, they can beat. Anyone. And when I say anyone, I literally mean anyone because they beat Dayton. Yeah. Exactly. Very well could be, although it's not looking likely, a one seed in the NCAA tournament. They'll probably be a two, but they could be a one. And they didn't beat them at home. They beat them on a neutral floor that was slanted. 200 miles from Dayton. Right. Slanted towards towards Dayton. So this team can beat anyone in March. but But... They're in a rut. They have to get out of it, and then the the sky's the limit.
2: They're in a rut, but again, you go back to that game, and what was a key factor? McKinley Wright going off, and this team needs that. In the tournament against Utah tomorrow, they need their leader, McKinley Wright, to step up. I mean, that game, he was angry. He had a mission to prove people wrong. You need that angry McKinley on the floor these next few games.
3: He was really like on a mission to prove them right because they were mad at him for not going there. He yeah, was like proving yeah. the, he was like, proving I them guess a, that's like true. he's like you should actually be
1: more mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that I exactly. didn't choose you. But it's true though. Like McKinley is the one player the buffs need to have playing well.
2: He's a difference maker. Yeah,
1: like Lucas well, Lucas's shot is off. Somebody else might be able to make shots. Tyler Bay is off. I I, I think that you can work past that with other guys. I don't I think you can. I think you need can. Tyler uh, Bay
2: too, but I think McKinley Wright and his fire and his leadership definitely
3: is, is important
2: s- when he's fired up like that.
3: There, I don't remember a player as talented as Tyler Bay that was as Jekyll and Hyde as he is. And yeah. I think a common thread in the losses for these teams, especially the disappointing ones, is that Tyler Bay – was the weird version of himself where he's fumbling balls all over the place. He's definitely not he's like rebounds are escaping him. He's missing little bunnies, short of the, like I don't know what it is. It doesn't make sense. Some and then in in the common thread in their big wins is he's like nailing mid-range jumpers, skying over people for rebounds, and catching looks like alley-oops. And he should be in the NBA. Huh. So that's why while I think McKinley is the heart of this team, it's hard to call a player this good an X factor, but I think Tyler Bay is the X factor. When he's going, that's the team that can beat anyone.
1: It is weird how he can just like lose it, like 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 you said, like he, he can't catch basketballs, like drops the ball, just makes these. He gets Space bad decisions exactly. He gets <laughs> Space Jam. <jammed. laughs> wow, I don't, it, I don't know. It's it's just been weird to watch because you think with his skill set, you know, Deshaun Schwartz is gonna miss some shots. That's a lot of sh's and other <laughs> s's, but he's gonna oh, miss shots sometimes, sometimes because Deshaun Schwartz is gonna shoot some shots, <laughs> yeah, and he's gonna miss some of them. But <laughs> you still <laughs> yeah.
3: Must yeah.
2: Sit
1: up there. But, some uh, of them. Some <laughs> mish, yeah. mish, uh But but yeah, like sometimes shooters have off nights. It's just weird to have an off rebounding night.
3: Right. Yeah. And that's what's so frustrating is it's like that skill set is supposed to be copy and paste. Yeah. He's athletic. He uh s- like. Can Scott? He can out jump anyone in the gym. He has a great nose for the basketball. Yeah, and you just think like that will show up every night. Like Andre Robertson, when he was here, who's a guy that people love to compare Tyler to, you could always count on his rebounding every single night, night in, night out. He was getting twelve. Like huh. just put it in the box score before they even start playing. For whatever reason, uh, uh, Tyler just has these nights where he just. Can't get him. Like, I think McKinley led the team in rebounds against Stanford. Yeah, I think so, he did. So, it's just, it's weird, but I think while McKinley is the heart, and I wish he would attack the rim from the tip, because all of a sudden he starts attacking when they're down eight with six minutes left, and That's I'm like, it opens everything up. Come on. So, it's a bit of both. But, like, this is a team, we've been talking about Tyler and McKinley, you know, their entire careers here, both of them. Need to look in the
1: mirror and get it together. Yeah. Seriously. And then and and then you look past those two and you just don't really know what you have. Like Evan Batty, we all love Evan Batty, he provides a whole bunch of different things to the team. He's a fighter. Yeah, but sometimes like he gets in foul trouble and disappears. Sometimes, sometimes. he can't make shots. I feel like he
2: Even gets he, in foul trouble a lot.
3: It feels like he's in a rut. Not yeah. necessarily just his play, but even energy-wise, it doesn't feel like he's bringing that same spark right now. Yeah.
2: And then Lucas, I mean, with Lucas, like, once he misses a few, he just stops, and, like, you just got to keep shooting. Yeah. And it's like you're watching him, and you get Shame. it, and he get. I Ugh. mean, yeah. There's so many guys uh, that make sense that when they're on, like, this team is unstoppable, but unfortunately, they're all – been off pretty much at the exact same time, mm-hmm. which I, is what's led to this.
3: I truly feel like there's two ways this goes. They never come out of it. The season ends in flames and we are... We feel terrible about everything. Yeah. yeah. Or, they get it back and they all of a sudden become become as dangerous as can be. I, I mean, totally agree. If Deshaun Schwartz and Shane Gatling and Lucas Seward start making threes... It's oh, over. Yeah. This is the best three-point shooting team in the conference. But... <laughs> Right now it's all of them are cold <laughs> at the same time. Like uh, a lot of times teams
2: one player you gets lose cold. one guy, yeah.
3: another guy steps up, like somehow everyone has in this in this ditch right mm-hmm. now. So if they come out of it, watch out. But if yeah. they don't, it's like this is gonna
1: be terrible. And Tad said this week, like he said there are guys who are starting who shouldn't be starting because of the way they played and said specifically, Shane Gatling is asking to be put on the bench, but nobody behind him is Playing Stepping well up. enough to yeah. to put him there, like it's all out in the open. They Doesn't all feel know like Shane's all of this. shooting right now. I, exactly, like it's hard to even think back and be like, miss, miss. It's like, what? Where, where has he been? Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. It's like, dude, you, you're only out there for one reason.
1: Yep. So shoot the rock. Sometimes you go cold, but whatever. It you happens. You keep
2: shooting. I mean, you see that anywhere in basketball. You just got to keep shooting. Going back to Nuggets in the NBA. I mean. Gary Harris has been in a terrible uh, rut. And uh. like he makes some ugly shots and you're like, Oh God, why did you do that? But he needs to do that to try and get back into it. But so going into this Utah game, what are what are the keys to win? I think no turnover like limiting turnovers is huge remember yep. when i
3: used to say that i would steal the host seat on your podcast <laughs>
1: yeah and then ali just did now, now ali's doing I, that. I was thinking about just trying you to get us a little bit like, back on track we, there, were, we were on track. so many tracks here
2: so- <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> i agree with that. there are a bunch yeah. of tracks you were what, on one, one thing
1: track thing right? we're trying right? to go to though. tracks it's just down the street <laughs> i've heard of that place yes uh they have, like, a Thursday college night thing, I guess. I don't know. But back to the point. Uh, this is what I was
2: trying to avoid. I don't See, no, think you know.
1: It. I don't think you have heard of this. No, point. he does not know it <laughs> no, 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 we'll, we'll Anyway, talk, We'll talk anyway. later. Um, but, but, yeah, like, what's the one thing that needs to happen? That's a tough question. I Not one
2: s- thing, but keys, too. Like, oh, limiting keys. turnovers is huge. Yep,
1: and I think that's Kin right there. Yeah. That's him. He needs to be sharp. He needs to have the passes. Ty- Tyler... Also, with the turnovers, sometimes those can really oh. flare up on him.
2: I think I just spilled my drink all over me.
1: Yeah, she did. Uh, but but like in that last game in particular, there was one, uh, where he was trying to feed the post and he was like looking and trying to lob it over and looking and trying to lob it over. It takes him like three seconds, and the other guy still has inside positioning on Evan Batty or whoever it is, and he just lobs it up anyway. And it's a turnover, and it's like you knew that Dude. was gonna happen, that's why he didn't throw it the first couple of opportunities.
3: How about, uh, Oh, God. Um, why am I ranking on his name? Dalen Koontz. Yeah. Oh. He had two in a row. I'm like, Yeah. That how did you so not bad. learn from the oh. lazy pass to the wing the first time? The how top. did you yeah. do it again? Yeah. Yep.
2: Oh, and then you look to the sideline, and Tad is just bright red. How that could you not? Guy. I mean, if exactly. I was the coach. How could you not be?
3: But for me, the key. Is stupid and simple. It's just make some damn shots.
1: Talking to Tad over the last few weeks as this <laughs> has transpired has just been such a trip. Like like when he's talking the first media availability after those games, like after the Stanford game, he's just saying It's just mind-boggling that we were within three points with two and a half minutes to go. Like, I don't know how that happened. It's just absurd. There was no way. We played terrible. Those guys didn't deserve it. And somehow we still have a shot. And it's just like over and over. Like, he is just so frustrated. And he got to the point where he's like, you know what? No practice today. Everybody go sit in there. We're going to watch film for two hours. Look at the layoffs you give. Like, what do you even do if you're a coach at this point? There's nothing yeah. it, it, you
3: I think I was actually it was something you said on the podcast. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, huh. He makes a really good point there. Like, Oh, you were saying you made a, a metaphor. Oh, oh God. nice. About like <laughs> oh, how, nice.
2: Oh, God. No idea
3: where this is going. It was something about like how many times you can say the same thing over and over again. Like hmm. Tad, Tad has done all the coaching he can do. Yeah. He can't coach them out of this anymore. Exactly. I really wish I could remember your uh, metaphor. I know, it was me good. too.
1: I have no idea. But no, like he w- he was saying, like essentially the same thing. Um, that coaches coach throughout the season, and by this point, the players either can go or they can't go, and it's kind of on them. Like you've implemented the systems, you've showed them how everything works, you've made the tweaks, and maybe like in game you can give a little tip here or there, but it's not like you need to be saying you've told tried. right you've told them to value the
3: basketball yeah you've told yeah. them to shoot open shots and, and a lot of this is just making basketball shots yeah like that's what this comes down to is like you're open you got to make it and unfortunately the, there's no coach like you can't tad can't coach them to make more shots there's no way you do that especially at this juncture of the season like you want to talk about like Evan Batty working on his mid-range jumpers. Or, or or that happens throws. in the offseason. Remember yep.
1: the free throws at the beginning of the year? All yep. of a sudden, everybody was doing free throw drills. They kind of got that cleaned up. Evan Batty's been shooting well from the free throw line. At this point, you're not spending two full practices on three free throw shooting because there's you know, there's stuff to do. Well, hopefully maybe they were able to go
3: back to the basics this week because they had a whole week before the game. But it is true. like Tad... His job here is done. All, all he can do right now is steer things.
1: Call timeouts when he's supposed to call timeouts. Right.
3: And even then, like he's been a little quicker on the trigger during this. He has. But it, there's nothing he can do. They've got to make shots. They've got to value the basketball. I mean, basic. I'm, I don't, I'm never tempted to curse on the Broncos podcast, but <laughs> I'm, I've been really tempted to curse during basic stuff. Yes. Is what they need to take care of. And, you know, you talked about how crazy is it that Their one win away from the best regular season of program history. And this is the rhetoric, but it's like, how crazy is it that they beat Utah by 150 points the last time they played? Yeah. And everyone is (laughs)
1: shivering in their boots right now about this game tomorrow. Utah. This, this should never be a problem. Like I get that road trips are hard, but for a real basketball program, a good basketball program, Utah. I mean, it's the same thing when it's like, Oh yeah. Like, we can play Washington State. We can play Oregon State. We can play Washington this year. Like, that's the tier. It's not like you're going somewhere where it's – I don't know. They've, they've, but all had, it they've takes been successful is, at home, but ugh.
3: All it takes is uh, Bilbo Baggins or whatever their little point guard's name is. <laughs>
1: yeah, getting a little I hot. I think that's it. I think that's it.
3: Uh, all it takes is him – he makes three – they beat Kentucky. You yes, know, like yes. It's not as, as if Utah is not capable. So that's what worries me is a couple threes start falling. They get a bank three, like – was that Cal who banked one in? Like, this type of stuff happens to you when you're on the road. So that's what worries me is it's not as if you can take the three losses in a row and say that somehow makes the next game more likely to win. That's just not how it works. No. Um, every game exists really in a vacuum drink. And <laughs> okay. Uh, because of that, it's like I can't feel confident that just because they've lost three in a row, it means they're due – To get off the schnei, that's just not how it works. Yeah, makes
2: sense. I've been a little quiet because my brother just texted me. You'll be happy about this, Hank. Not happy. This he texted you that he
3: found love at the Walrus.
2: No, (laughs) the Walrus is closed, so there's no Uh, possibility for finding love at the Walrus anymore. Pour one out. Um, breaking eight confirmed cases of coronavirus in Colorado. Two now in Denver County. In oh, no. Three why are you... in Douglas County, one in Eagle County. It's
1: important news. One this is in what really matters Paso here.
2: County and one in oh. Summit County. I'm just saying that's why I've been quiet because my brother obviously, or I don't know if a lot of people on this podcast know. My brother goes to see you. He's just talking Damn. about how crazy it is right now on campus the emails and everything so he just texted me that so i'm just talking you just to him gave about
3: the it. vibes of this podcast the coronavirus
1: no i didn't <laughs> I, the, I think ryan's i think the like colorado buffaloes may have done that so
2: ryan's this way with anything like if he's sick he's like i'm not sick no 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 no, no. i'm yeah. not sick. no it's huh. fine so like he likes to avoid things instead of being like well this is like the reality of the world right now every so time maybe wash your hands a little more
3: just every, just time PSA. You, yeah. every time you say the name of the sickness, your chances of getting it increase.
2: <laughs> All right. I, huh. You are wrong, yeah. but we will move on.
1: So. We can move on.
2: That um, is just the reason I've been distracted.
1: Let's talk football. Yeah. You know what I... Uh, no, I can't think of a clever transition. Breckenridge Brewery is incredible, though. I had, I had a good one when you said right drink. Now. I had a good one when you said pour one out. Coronavirus, though, and then we yeah, lost. Yeah, see?
3: <laughs> Vibe killer.
1: Like okay. I said earlier, we're at Blake Street Tavern. I'm on, uh, we'll call it an early Strawberry Sky. We don't need to get into the specifics of numbers. But uh, <laughs> it's an incredible beer. It just keeps getting better the more of them you drink.
2: I was telling Henry before this podcast that he should try Resolution, oh, which yeah. is a new one. And it's similar to Strawberry Sky, as it has kind of like that fruit taste. But it is just so refreshing and it's just so doesn't taste like a beer so like breck hasn't come out with a seltzer
1: um oh they haven't had have that no. i hadn't even thought of that because everywhere's everywhere come with seltzers. if you try if that
2: resolution one. it's like so light and could even be like in my mind i was like oh this is kind of like a seltzer super light super good right do you disagree
3: i mean it's definitely not a seltzer it's
2: a beer well <laughs> obviously but i mean like
3: I, I don't dis. I don't. I'm not. I understand where you're coming from. I just disagree with the premise that it's kind of like a seltzer.
2: Out of every beer that they have, it's the closest one. What about Colorado Core? Seltzer. No, this one. Resolution oh, is. Closer I haven't tried to it, so him. I can't argue. But do you want
1: to argue for me, Ryan, or was I wrong? Oh, no,
2: no. <laughs> is coming out with awesome stuff consistently. What was that, Colorado? Core. No, the one I forget—I forgot the name consistently. It was in the martini glass.
3: Oh, the uh, oh! Now you're making me forget it. <laughs> Golden velvet.
2: Golden velvet. Oh
3: wow, that sounds and, incredible. Like, there's
2: so many new beers that they're That's coming up with. That's not even a with. beer.
3: That one is a. It's like their their take on a canned Celtic? cocktail. Oh. So it's like essentially like a pisco sour.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a then, little too highbrow for you, Henry. But. <laughs> no idea what. Then they're coming those. out with words mean?
2: They're coming out with one that a beer that tastes similar to red wine. Lindsay Sauer, our sales director, was all about that I don't even one. know
3: you're supposed to be talking about that.
2: Well, inside scoop.
1: <laughs> inside scoop for the bus fans. Okay, Uh yeah, if you want to try any of those except for that one that Ali wasn't supposed to talk about that isn't out yet, <laughs> you can go to the Breckenridge. Wine
2: drinkers, just be excited.
1: Yeah, be excited. Uh, go to Breckenridge Brewery's website, go to the beer locator and uh, you'll find it. Um, also, Illegal Pete's makes incredible burritos. Mm.
2: I also went there recently and had the sopapillas. Sopapillas—that oh. was bomb.
1: I haven't had sopapillas in forever.
3: Those you used be go like my and favorite get them thing. there.
2: They're real good. The
3: last burrito I got from Illegal Pete's
2: was the was, size of a child.
3: It was the largest burrito I've ever seen in my life. Wow! Like, I don't know if it would have fit inside of one of those pitchers.
2: Didn't they make those a are really big pitchers?
3: Yes. Yeah. They were Audio like, medium. "Wow, no, that's a burrito." <laughs> <laughs> it like, you could easily have done curls with it. Like,
1: they hooked like it up easily, or is it kind of heavy? It actually be kind of tough.
3: Well, like eventually, you would have gotten a workout. Okay,
1: like how many <laughs> curls do you think you could do? Uh, I don't know, like two hundred. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could do like two hundred without a burrito, though.
2: You have all the good reads, do Add I? spots, yeah. yeah. That's know, like, why I talk. I'm talking so much about each thing because I'm like, oh, I love this.
1: It's all great. Yeah. It's probably because it's like the college podcast, mm. and like these are all things that people my age, oh, in Boulder, age are if you're into. in Boulder
2: and you go to Legal Pete's, check out the lunch boxes. <laughs> it's
1: Whoa. a drink. Oh, it's a drink.
2: It's a kind of like a, uh, uh, what's the one with Red Bull? I am forgetting things today.
3: A Vegas bomb.
2: Similar to a Vegas bomb. Mm.
3: Or a Jager
1: Vegas. bomb.
2: Jager bomb. You drop it in a beer, you chug it, they call it lunch boxes. It's a fun time. Huh. Uh, right. our college days.
1: Also, if you have a uh, ticket to any gamer event, you can get a free draft beer margarita with the purchase of an entree. Definitely take advantage of that. Um, there's no reason not to. Okay. Uh, Ryan, you wanted to talk about football?
3: Yeah, let's talk about You haven't football. had a chance
1: to talk about like any of the new assistant coaches. Which one are you most excited about? Assistant coaches? Because I haven't even had a chance to talk about the head coach. Have you not talked about Carl yet? Nope. Oh, wow. You haven't either, Allie. No. But I don't think anybody's surprised because it's been so long. I can't remember if I went on a free ball. Well, I guess we talked about
2: Carl a bit on the Denver Sports Podcast. We did. Um,
1: We definitely did.
2: So we we talked Carl. We talked basketball. We covered a lot of things on there. We talk all Denver sports if you want to check that out. A little plug while Ryan thinks.
3: (laughs) Um... He's still well, thinking. I guess I'll start <laughs> with what I learned about Carl Durrell while was at the combine.
1: Yes, uh, that's if you good
3: don't stuff. listen to, or if you don't follow the NFL, the combine is a huge place for people
1: to go work uh, out so that they can prove that they're going to be like good enough. To the NFL show that they're going to get. Yes, drafted. but <laughs> other than that, it's a big
3: coaches' convention, and everyone's out on the town, so you have the opportunity to talk to a lot of NFL people, and I talked to. Dozens of NFL people who have worked with Carl Carl Durell, know Carl Durrell, are are familiar with Carl Durrell. And I kid you not, and not a single person had a bad thing to say about him. And I pressed and I did everything I could and I said, you know, I would say, okay, but yeah, like obviously he's a nice guy, but how do you think he's gonna do? Oh, I think he's gonna do amazing. Like every huh. single person I talked to was over the moon, happy for him, over the moon, excited. And uh, that was really cool to hear. Um, one thing that I found to be really interesting, that was something I definitely wanted to share on this, so I'll just get it out before I forget, is I talked to an assistant coach about, back then, how how the, what kind of job they thought he would do putting together a staff. And they were bullish on the fact that he was going to be able to put together a great staff, with the reason being – That Carl Durrell, in their words, was one of the few people in this industry that would actually be looking out for you, not just himself. And knowing what I know about football and coaching, (laughs) it's definitely true. I mean, look at Mel Tucker. Exactly. Like, he was maybe an extreme case of only looking out for himself, but a small example of this is, like, he literally hired a girl to their recruiting staff, like, two days before he left. Like, after the... Michigan State stuff had begun. Yep. She moved out to Colorado and got fired, like, the next day. Yep. So.
2: That's so messed up. Like, I get that it's, like, the world and jobs and stuff. But, like, she moved out here. He couldn't give her a heads up.
3: Nope. It's rough. The idea was, I guess, let me take you into this. Every coach's dream is to be a head coach. Like I used to think like there might be some guys who they're just an offensive mind and they say like I'm going to be an offensive guy. No no. Every one of them wants to be a head coach one day. So the idea was that like Carl Durrell would do what it takes to make you to give you a better chance at living your dream. If that's a title promotion, if that's giving you a little bit of extra responsibility so you can put that on your resume, it was like wow, he's going to be a great football coach. He's also going to look out for the people around him. And you might be thinking, oh, well, that's just going to make more people leave. Like, if people are leaving your program to become head coaches,
1: that's a good, very good things thing. are happening. It also means that you're going to have whoever the next offensive coordinator is or defensive coordinator is, you're going to have your next head coach. Like, you want it to become that coaching farm, and it seems like that's what Carl Durrell can bring. Like, you know, the Rams always want to say their wide receiver, you. Make this coaching you. Make this coaches you. It's not a bad thing. It'd be so great. Yeah, I mean it, obviously
3: you're going to end up having to replace a lot of people if that happens, but again, everybody want to come here. No one is getting hi- no one is getting hired to be a head coach from a 5 and 7 program. So if guys are leaving yeah. here, well, <laughs> except for except for one, except for that one guy. guy. <laughs> but usually, except for extenuating circumstances where a coach leaves in the middle of February, uh I should say assistants. Okay, aren't getting hired from 5 and 7 <laughs> programs to be head coaches. It's true. So, if that's if that's the case, I just it was really cool for me to hear that, and that was a, a reoccurring sentiment. Like, people want to work for Carl because he is going to do what's best for them, and yep. that can't be said about a lot of people. So that was great to hear. Um, I think the staff is good. Um, a lot of when he when Carl had his opening presser, can we call, what do we call him? Are we calling him KD. Coach Katie, please I no. Please no. Katie Coach
2: Carl until Katie Nixon leaves.
1: I would, yeah, forget uh, that. Coach
2: Katie, it
1: throws me better? off every time. People keep tweeting like, well, I think that Katie is going whatever, and I think it's Katie Nixon every time and I have to go back and reread. I hate it. Is
2: Coach K- Katie better? How
1: about Carl? <laughs> it seems so lame. Um, <laughs> I mean, Mel was the last guy. That's true. Melvin. Uh It's almost time to stop talking about him. I'm pretty excited
3: for those yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm over him as well. Yeah. But I, I, I had wished he talked about recruiting more in his opening press conference, yeah. but he definitely talked a lot about teaching. And one of the keys to being great at Colorado is you're not going to just filter in five stars. It's never going to happen. Nope. If you think that's the dream, you're going to have a bad time. Maybe
1: 15 years from now if everything goes perfectly.
3: The Yeah. The way for Colorado to be good right now is to turn three-star players into NFL players. Yep. And this staff certainly looks like it has the chops to coach and to teach. And that was something that he was very heavy on. And I think that's what they're really going to get here. So is it exciting? Not necessarily until it starts happening, right? Yep. I mean, the truth is the best team at Colorado in the last 20 years was a team full of three-star guys that were developed. Cepho, Cheeto, uh, Akello. Uh, Tedrick Thompson. All of these guys were three-star talents who turned into NFL players. So that Philip Lindsay. You go down the list. That's what this. That, that's what that team was. And Mike McIntyre. For all of his faults, he did do a good job of of developing players, or at least for that season, he did a great job of developing those guys. So that's what you hope for. That's what this staff seems poised to do.
2: And I also think that, like going back to those guys and the rise, and what a great year. Uh but when you think of Cheeto, at least my conversations with Cheeto, with Cepho, with Akello, it was like, they were, they would say, we saw those seniors leave so disappointed being so, either being so bad or being kind of close. And they're like, we want different for ourselves. So I really do hope that it is like, I mean, you see these freshmen already talking like, oh, but... Michigan State on the on the schedule first game, we want to prove people wrong. I think that mentality definitely could be a good thing for this team, not being complacent. I feel like the team after the rise was a little bit more complacent, so I feel like having that edge and that mi- mentality could be good for these guys.
1: Yeah, and I think that there's stuff recruiting-wise that you can get excited about too. You know, you, you look at Demetrius Martin, for example, coaching the cornerbacks – you know, he's a very good recruiter of L.A. His brother also is the defensive coordinator at Independence Community College, which is where they had, like, the last chance U. Like, Delrick Abrams is from there. A couple of other guys have come through here from there. Uh, just today, they hired the safeties coach, Brett Maxey, who was the defensive coordinator at the IMG Academy, which produces so much Division One talent. Like, having all these ties. Also, I mean... That, that uh, Mitch Rodriguez hire was a strange one, but he's also from the South, and that keeps you involved in those recruiting grounds. I think it's just Rodrigue. Is it Rodrigue? Yeah,
3: I think so. Well, I know someone <sighs> who has that last name spelled that oh, way, and really? that's how that's pronounced. Okay, yeah.
1: let's say Rodrigue. That G-U-E at the end, though. I don't know. I guess we'll have to ask him.
3: Yeah. Um. Yeah, the staff, I mean, I think the one that excites you the most just from a straight-up, college football, recruiting, excitement type of thing is Demetrius Martin. Yep. Um, He's got that swagger about him that you want to have. He's got recruiting chops. He's got all those things that you're looking for. The one that I'm personally most excited for is Taylor Embry. Um, This is a guy who, from who I talked to, had a lot more responsibility in San Francisco than would be led to believe. Now, John Embry... He was a is, quality
1: control coach,
3: right? Yeah. But John Embry is the best tight ends coach in the NFL. Yep. Everywhere he goes, there's a Pro Bowl tight end. It just, For
1: example, George Kittle.
3: George Kittle, and and it's easy to look now and say, oh well, George Kittle's George Kittle. Well, George Kittle was a fifth round pick. Yep. Um, Cameron Brate was had his best seasons with him. Uh, Jordan Cameron had his best seasons with him. Remember when Gary Brundage randomly had a good season? That was under John Embry. He's the best tight ends coach in the NFL, so he gets plenty of due credit. But from everyone I talked to, Taylor, and because when you're working alongside your dad, he's going to do the best for you, Taylor was given a lot of responsibility with those tight ends. And so he essentially has been a tight ends coach in the NFL. Now he's with the best tight end in the NFL. Now he's coming to Colorado um, he's lived a, a large portion of his life in Boulder. He loves Boulder. He's young. He is energetic. You know, all the things you're looking for in that type of coach. So I, I'm really excited for him. And I, it makes me sad the way things ended with John Embry. Now he was never given the resources to succeed. And I think he could have been a successful head coach if he was put in the right situation. But it made me sad the way that it ended because he's a great buff. Uh, who cares a lot about the university and the program. And I can tell you that he was encouraging Taylor to take this job. So I want the Embry name to be restored in Boulder, and I think that Taylor has a, a really
1: great chance to do that. Yep. I'm really excited about the hire for all the reasons that you mentioned. I and mean, Even if he wasn't all that involved coaching Kittle, just spending that much time around his dad and around George Kittle, you would pick some things up, even if you weren't helping that much. And I Believe you when you say that he was helping. I think for me the most exciting hire. I'd go with Chris Wilson, defensive line coach. Mm. So good. I mean, the mastermind behind like the Eagles Super Bowl defensive line. Like.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: I thought you'd like that <laughs> one. <laughs> he's, he's definitely. He's done so many different things everywhere he's gone. That's just a good coach it at a position where you want a good that. coach.
2: Definitely.
3: And I, I've had the pleasure of meeting Chris Wilson a couple of times, and he's a great dude. Uh, he actually, him and John Embry have this thing about them where, like, there's just, um, I don't know, when they speak, you feel like they're saying something really important. So you want to listen to what they're saying. Mel had that. Yeah, right. So I he was going to say yep. that
2: he definitely did. So having that still on the team is big.
3: Yeah. I think both of those guys are a little less, like, actually, maybe not Embry, but Chris is a little bit less aggressive in the way that he delivers it. But it's like when he opens his mouth, you just feel like whatever he's saying is. Some is like must listen. Huh. So uh he's gonna be really engaging. He's got the resume. I mean, anyone any kid who's who he's walking into their living room should listen. And well so, also,
2: I mean, just uh from Eagles players themselves have just talked wonders about him, how great he's been and all that stuff. So
1: Yep. Yeah. Um I will say that I think my biggest disappointment with this coaching staff is that there isn't one more young guy. I, I think that there's room on the staff for another early thirties, mid thirties type. Uh, and they had the opportunity. They to had get the it. opportunity. Yeah. And I was, who
3: was that? I was really hoping they would get uh TC McCartney to yeah. be their quarterbacks coach. Now what's the Langsdorf? Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. He's got chops. For so sure. it's not a, it's not like you're disappointed in that hire. He's coached in the pac 12. He's been a part of some prolific offenses, he has done a lot of great things. So it's not, like, disappointing in that regard. But it would have been great to bring in another young guy with ties to CU without having to be a CU person. You know, that's another thing that I like about Taylor Embry. He's got ties. He understands Boulder. He knows the yep. campus. But he's not just a CU legacy hire. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the sense of he played here, so let's hire him. Um, T.C. McCartney would have fallen into those same grounds. So – I guess unfortunate, but also it's you got to wait and see how things work out with the quarterback position and, and see how they do there. It's yep. definitely
2: an important position heading into this season. But, I mean, even on the Denver Sports Podcast, uh, Drew Creaseman, who doesn't know <laughs> much about anything college football, yeah, we talked about T.C. McCartney and how great he would be, and you talked a lot about his story. And without knowing, you're just like, man, that would be – such a great story to have tc come back to this team come back and just it's just i don't know it'd be really great Uh, i wish it would have happened but like ryan said this guy has chops and he'll be good hopefully but man i wanted tc
1: (laughs) i did too i definitely
3: did too um i also had the like unique perspective of covering the broncos well, he was the quarterbacks coach there, yeah. and like
2: well, especially with how Drew Locke talked about him. Exactly,
3: Drew Locke raves about TC McCartney, but TC uh, TC is going to be a you know an, a quarterbacks coach in the NFL again soon, so he's going to do great. But it, it, I did think it, they had a unique opportunity there to get a guy who had just
1: just developed an NFL quarterback just last year. Exactly, and that's the thing about like the legacy hires is that it's problematic if you're picking them because they went to see you or they have their ties to see you. But if you can use their ties to see you as the thing that convinces them to come back when they probably have better opportunities, then you have to take advantage of those. And I think that that's kind of the position that TC was in because, I mean, he did a lot of great things with Drew Locke. Drew played great. You know, is there still some risk because he's only 30? Sure. Like a guy like Danny Langsdorf, he's been around for forever. A bunch of people co-sign say like yeah he's he's a great coach you trust him to develop brendan lewis and but again you go.
2: he is young so like who knows that could happen eventually yeah he could tc could come back to see you in a, even a bigger role than just a quarterback's coach For so sure. he's young we can still see that and it'd still be a great story when it happened but you really need someone you you trust to develop brendan lewis and get this team rolling
3: also like Whenever these coaching staffs are being put together, we always lean towards the name that we, the names that we know. And those aren't always the best hires. Yep. So Very the true. Danny Langsdorfs of the world, the Brett Maxies, the Mitch Rodrigues, sometimes those guys end up being great hires.
1: Very true. Uh, one more note before we move on. Uh, Corday Hankton, who was an offensive graduate assistant, he uh, left for Michigan State today, which is too bad. He recruited Ashad Clayton. He has all the New Orleans ties they have those back with Rodriguez so like there's still people recruiting that area I guess with the ties to that area but it's definitely too bad to see him go. Yeah, weird the way that kind of shook out late, very late. Like after the rest of the coaching staff well because they drafted the press release for the coaches yesterday and sent it out today and when they sent it out today he's still on it as a coach but then he decided somewhere in between that time or told them between that time he's headed to Michigan state with Mel What's his job there? I actually don't know. Okay. Yeah. I would guess he got a... Prom- oh, maybe not. Well, he, I, don't know. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think he'd be a grad assistant. again. I don't know. I don't know. He it's was going to be a grad assistant here. Um, next up, though, Green Mountain Dental Group. Love them. Really need to go there. I haven't been to the dentist in far oh. too long. Um, I was going to
2: say, don't give a date, Henry.
1: Oh, no, I'm not going to give a date. I Zookeeper
2: may be listening, (laughs) and that's not very attractive. Uh,
1: She's definitely not listening, especially (laughs) 45 minutes in. But, uh, yeah, Um, if you guys schedule a cleaning, an x-ray, and an exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal. You should definitely let us know when you go, like tweet us or something, so that we can... Supports you in your trip to the dentist. Sometimes support you need support. Support you on your
2: journey to the yeah. dentist.
1: On your journey to clean teeth. Yeah.
2: yeah. Electric toothbrushes, though, are awesome. Yeah. So sonic air toothbrush for free, just for getting your teeth checked out, definitely a good deal.
1: It's a great deal. And it's just only right outside of Denver, 15 minutes away. Definitely do it. Definitely get your free toothbrush. All right. Um, we have a couple of questions. First one from Sonny Rain, who says, Henry, this hire has me very concerned. Oh, this is Rod If you want to play around with a funky hire, you maybe do it on special teams, if at all. The offensive line, the meat and potatoes of your offensive system, you've got to be kidding me. I don't care if he has ties to Louisiana. Go get a relevant coach with those ties. I swear I'd be pulling my hair out if I had any. Unreal. Everything was going fine. Uh, But this, not fine, Carl. This feels like some mob boss forced you to hire his cousin, Vinny, or else. So, not much love for the rod blocking system. Did you watch that video? No. Is it corny? Oh, it's so corny. Uh. Well, so the whole thing is, it's like an eight-minute video explaining, did you see it? No. So, basically, like, they built a rod, got uh, blocking dummies, and put, like, the straps of them onto the rod so that you can cut block him. Yeah, not exactly... um, revolutionary technology <laughs> first to do it though yes <laughs> yeah and there's a bunch of other things but it's like an eight minute video of him explaining it the last four minutes or so are, are him kind of like defending cut blocking because it's slowly getting pushed out and like regulated out and he's like you know we're, we're, we're teaching him to hit above the knees you're not going at the knees we're following all the rules like we do all stuff and it's almost like a justification for
2: but why is it corny
1: That's a coaching video. I just knew it would
3: be corny when you said that. To
2: me, when I think of corny, I think of, uh, great dudes or whatever from.
3: Oh no. Adizio
2: or Dazio. I always say his name wrong.
1: Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. Yeah. Exactly.
2: When I think of corny, that's corny. That is that
1: video. The
2: definition. I feel like this is more like
1: infomercial corny. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Yeah. I
2: get
3: it.
1: But I mean, like, football coaches are great at a lot of things, producing videos. Eh. you know, like, (laughs) it's not not what they're best at. Here's what I'll say.
3: Cut blocking is extremely effective, and it It is is not yet illegal. So until it becomes illegal, might as well take advantage of it. Yeah,
1: and they're not going to be constantly cut blocking. Like, it's just that when they throw a screen pass, those offensive linemen are going to be the best cut blocking screen pass blockers in all of college football, I bet. Coming from Rodriguez. But I mean, the
3: West Coast offense, and when it was at its best in Denver, especially with the Broncos, they were cut blocking the hell out of dudes because you get the offense, you get the whole defensive line going one way, you cut them down, (laughs) and then there's nothing but room (laughs) for the running backs to go do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, should be illegal. Fair. Kind of dirty.
2: But not yet.
3: Not yet yet illegal.
1: Might as well do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many of the rods the buffs are going to buy. You don't think that count, like,
3: in, like, the thousands of dollars that they're paying him? It doesn't come with, like, (laughs) three or four rod
1: systems? Yeah, you get me plus also three rods.
3: Yeah. Huh.
1: Okay. Um, Another comment. This one from Nick Geyer says, Great coverage, my dude. I'm a little unfamiliar with the buffs' basketball roster. Can you outline the buffs' roster? I'll get you on a beer at the next DNVR meetup that you go to. little Great late deal. to be uh, learning about the well, team, but Well, I mean, this is, is when people do never. it. Like, it's tournament time. It's this March. is when it's well, time to buy in. People who don't in. follow
2: college basketball or are interested in March. Yep. We kind of talked about that in the first segment, though, with the roles that McKinley, Tyler Bay play, Lucas. We, we named a few people.
1: Yeah. You we have your big two. A, yeah, right. Like, it's McKinley, it's Tyler Bay. McKinley Everybody, is the point guard. Tyler Bay is a forward. Important notes. Uh, <laughs> Evan Batty, the center, but like undersized center. He's a poor man's version of Nicole Jokic.
3: Yes. And has yes, yes, yes. the
2: biggest heart in the world.
3: Yeah, sometimes a little he's, too big.
2: He is easily a fan favorite. So remember yep. that, Evan Batty.
3: Deshaun Schwartz, when we talk about X Factors, he's certainly an X Factor. He when he's off. hitting shots, they always win.
1: He's like a 2 3. Maybe yep. More of a 3 probably.
3: Shane Gatling. Exciting guard, who ex- What was
2: um, explosive? Deshawn Schwartz, Shoots. like game that people look back Dayton? to. Was, Dayton was it Dayton, when he hit the when the game favorite. That one we attacked social media and Twitter with that. So Nick, you probably saw some of that.
3: But that's essentially all you really need to know. Lucas Seward is your
1: sixth man, likely Pac-12 sixth man of the year. He's from Brazil. He is. Yep. Um makes it really hard for the computers to like transcribe the uh audio. Dalen Kuntz, another Colorado kid, but... he's the
2: one that looks like Jamal Murray. And I heard he really hates yeah. when people make that comparison.
1: Well, but I'm glad I've never done looks it to him then.
2: Like Jamal Murray.
1: Yeah. He uh he's very athletic. He does a lot of things well on the basketball court, but figuring out which one of those things to do can sometimes be a struggle.
2: The two seniors on the team are Shane. And Lucas.
1: Yep, and that's about all you need to know. Yeah. I think that's all you need to know. Okay, that's going to do it for. Uh... Oh wait, Ryan has Ryan a handout or the topics. basketball talk before we ask you for your takes on the Bachelor. Oh, on the Bachelor. Oh my goodness. Of course. How could I forget? Oh yeah. Oh. So we were
2: having dinner at the Blake Street Tavern before recording this podcast, and I just casually <laughs> asked Henry this question, like, "Oh, so what do you think? Season finale coming up?" And Ryan was like, whoa, 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 save it for the pod. So people who don't care about this stuff, you can tune you can out. You turn
1: it off. Yeah. But, but you're going to miss out on some yeah, good stuff. Yeah, this is going to be the best part. We're talking
2: Bachelor, Henry's. And Henry's zoo- own co- <laughs> personal
1: Bachelor life. <laughs> Zookeeper <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. life. Zoo the gal keeper. that's in Henry's life. Very all tall. Stuff.
1: Told me there was dust on my refrigerator. I had no idea. I'm not tall. Uh,
2: so she's tall is that what you're yeah she's tall
1: uh but the uh bachelor so they're down to the final two madison and hannah ann and madison has some issues with peter hannah ann isn't as good of an option as madison (laughs) um and so that's kind of the situation that peter's put himself in my biggest take depends on what you're looking for huh
2: they are both twenty-three years old, and he is twenty-eight. They're a bit just young for put him. that out there.
1: But again, maturity-wise, it's yeah. not like Peter is like a one of those like twenty-eight going on forty types. Like he Yo, seems like a child. Peter's that's very true.
2: <laughs> Peter's a little b-word in my opinion. He's soft. Wow. I, I didn't curse, Allie but I will. Taste. He is so soft. Wow. He is so I hate. Like honestly, I'm just like make. A decision like yeah. feel yeah he gets manipulated so easily so by these easily. girls he's like oh 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 i'm so sorry you just lied straight to my face but i'm let's sorry let's talk about I it and ignore these nice girls to off to me. the side he i'm can't- sorry i put you in the position to need to lie to me like no that's not attractive <laughs> be straightforward be confident <laughs> and like sometimes as a gal myself you need a guy that's going to put you in check when you're being a little ridiculous.
1: Well, there wow. you go. That's good oh, this to know. I'm
2: just, I haven't had a chance to really dive into my bachelor <laughs> days. Not.
3: This so is good, though. that's how I feel. He's afraid. He, he can't handle people around him being uncomfortable. At and all. And so he, even when they're uncomfortable because of what they're doing, he feels the need to comfort them. It's soft. It's
1: awful. And the whole thing has led to like these girls causing drama and him spending as much time as possible with them trying to figure things out yeah, so, instead of with the other girls that don't cause drama. And so that's been in the problem Women all tell the way through.
2: Like they all went after him, or at least they they showed in the previews that they were going after him, didn't actually have yeah. it happen.
1: Yeah. So they're yeah. like,
2: yo, why did you give attention to the people who mm-hmm. caused so much drama? All right, without
3: going too
1: deep into this, what you got? What's going to happen? I know for sure I'm going to be frustrated because I know Peter is just – He's he's the, the, the problem like it, it the, the choices should not be Madison Hannah Ann. There there is some great girl who we didn't even get to see who he cut in the first like two weeks, three weeks when he lost the locker room. That I don't know. Just I knew that to it was going. gonna
2: be Madison and Hannah Ann. Uh, in the finals. But there had
1: but there had to be somebody in there that's better option, like somebody who's an adult. I mean Kelly was definitely a better option. Kelly was.
2: But he just I I'm going to go ahead and say my take since you're taking time to take your take. He's not going to end up with either of them because he doesn't know how to make decisions, which is one of the issues I have with him. And he's not going to end up with either of them. I think the reason all these teasers come up is like most surprising season ever is he's going to like end up trying to go after someone after the show ends. I think Madison and try and propose or try and be, I have them be boyfriend girlfriend after the show's over, but he doesn't choose. E- like it ends up not working out with either. And he doesn't leave engaged.
1: I think he's going to have his mindset on Madison and he's going to be choosing Madison. And then Madison's going to back out because she's like, Oh my God. I'm it not just came this. to me. It
3: just came to me.
1: Yeah. Did it? <laughs> what, what, what came to you? You know how there's that teaser where Chris Harrison
3: goes up to Peter and says like, we all just found out. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Or whatever he says.
1: And but for th- some reason, Peter's in a desert in Australia.
2: They've been in Australia. Why is that surprising?
1: They have been in Australia. Well, (laughs) I missed. They don't tag that. There's no like Australia thing. They are saying every date. Well, I missed Wow, I'm
2: in Australia. Look at the monkey. Anyway,
3: what he's telling them is that Madison left.
2: Yeah. Then he doesn't want to choose Hannah Ann. So then he goes and tells Hannah Ann, I'm sorry. Wow. And so it's Hannah Ann just just standing there alone.
1: He goes up there and rejects her
2: she She thinks she's no, I think this happens before he gets down on one knee. So he goes to her room and is like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And then she's like heartbroken. And then it's over. Then they take cameras for him going to Madison's house and asking Madison to start things over. Not being engaged, but boyfriend, girlfriend.
3: I don't like that we're all on the same page
1: here, but it seems to all make sense. Yeah, it does. All I know is bad things are going to happen for Peter. Because
2: I know he doesn't know how to make decisions. He Honestly, it. he knew Ugh. it was Madison. He
3: always knew it was Madison. Yeah. You could tell in his eyes. Yep. And he royally screwed it up.
2: Because he wanted in to the sleep with the other two girls. Yeah. Because
3: the entire time he was picking the other girls besides Madison based on who he wanted to sleep with. Yep. And he couldn't bear the thought that he was going to have to let go of that opportunity. For
1: those of you non-Bachelor listeners, you get down to the final three, and that's Fantasy Suites, when you actually can sleep with them. So you basically pick Madison and the two others who want to sleep with. But
2: Madison said before they got to the Fantasy Suites, yo... I'm saving myself for marriage. We don't need to go marriage. this far into uh, But
1: the Just, thing no, is, it's, it's like,
2: important. Yeah. Well, I mean, the people who are listening are listening at this at point. This point. So, <laughs> so she said, I'm saving myself for marriage. I don't want you to sleep with the other girls. He was like, oh, no. Okay. And then sleeps with the other girls. And then she's like, yo, so did you sleep with them? And he's like, I was intimate. And then she's like pissed. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, you're mad? I wonder why. Um, I'm so sorry. He's so irritating. He pisses me off so much. Well, and the thing is... Men listening to this, don't be like Peter.
1: Well, I'm listening. Um, But, (laughs) like, the thing is, like, he made, like, a decent point. Like, we have to take... I have to see if all of these relationships work. Like, and and the way this other relationship is working... So far, like this is the next step, and I we, we're playing this out until the final why round. Like, but he Victoria... knew that I'd be okay and with that, that if they were even. But he knew it was Madison. He knew it was Madison. You why, just play for Madison. Why
2: was Victoria F still there? Because he wanted to sleep with her. That is know. the only I reason thought... someone that crazy could stay.
1: I thought Henry... she handled herself very well in the women tell all. She did. I think I I think you see there, like, oh, she actually. I mean, compa- I mean, Hannah Ann, kind of a child. And I say that knowing that I More am her age. More than Victoria and F? Victoria yeah. F isn't a child. She's just crazy. She's an she's immature
2: crazy. child.
1: No, she's
3: just a don't crazy just person. You just get
2: up and walk away every time you get in a fight. This Peter is, quote, looking for marriage on the show. And this girl, anytime he was like, oh, you kind of did this that I didn't like. She's like, oh, my God. I can't believe you're asking me that and would storm
1: yeah. off. All right. Yeah. That's it's probably annoying. enough of that.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm over it actually.
1: Okay. For you to be over that
3: this bay. <laughs> now Henry, uh, tell us about your dating
1: life. My dating
2: <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: may make an appearance.
1: She actually may make an appearance tomorrow at Blake Street Tavern. So if you guys want to meet <laughs> the girl I brought to this too, I can't believe it was <laughs> being this public <laughs> right, about this. Yeah, no, it's a it's a weird thing. I, I don't think she would expect me to be this public about yeah, exactly. it. I think she might be
3: shocked tomorrow. We could have been like a little more
1: veiled and in- the description. It's not like I people
2: know. are gonna go up to Henry and be like, Oh, is this Zookeeper?
1: I think that was on the table. That was definitely on the table <laughs> until think, you just so. said that. I did. I did tell her that she has that nickname though, so oh, okay. that's good.
2: And because of who?
1: Because of Ryan. I explain I explained the whole situation. I I mean when you give a girl a nickname behind her back, you gotta say How did she feel about it's a flattering zookeeper. nickname? I think so. yeah. I took her to the zoo. She's a keeper. Well, there you go.
2: Is that how you explain it to her?
1: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you hesitated. <laughs> like, how else? I, I, That's I, the only way you can explain yeah. it. Not like, I feel like. It's I'm not an, like she's being <laughs> called the zoo animal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be bad. That would be bad. I bet you would hate that. That's, I don't necessarily want to be like zookeeper. But yeah. So it's going well? Sure. Yeah, it's going good.
3: All right. Yeah, <laughs> if you were gonna compare her to one of the contestants on The Bachelor, what would it, who would do? It Ooh, that this goodness? is very
2: telling. I really
3: um, hope she doesn't listen. Wow, I know me too. Don't like accidentally tell her about this. I know,
1: I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah, Don't
2: tell her I, to listen. I say to
1: what us. I think. She was amazed. I do this thing where like I see a sign and I say it out loud. <laughs> oh, and God. we we went to the cheesecake factory last night. But we parked, like, five blocks away on accident. <laughs> Why did you go to the Cheesecake <laughs> And I was like, Giordano's. I was like, I have to stop <laughs> no, right here. So, yeah, I say Who's a lot idea was the Cheesecake Factory? The cheesecake it was hers. Okay, all right, all right, all right. It's okay. a, and it was very good. We got a piece of cheesecake. In
2: Denver, there's so many options. Oh, I know. Hey,
3: she picked hey. it. That's all that matters. Yeah, she was true. very
1: happy. So was I. Um, Compared to a Bachelor contestant, again, she's tall. Was there a particularly tall one?
2: Victoria Kelly Pete. was
1: tall. I can't really compare to any of them. There are too many flaws with all these women. I, really I'm just was. putting myself in a bad place. There isn't one way. Can... Yeah. You guys can make your own comparison tomorrow. You know, I the next episode a... of the DNVR Buffs podcast, you guys compare Zookeeper to who you but think she is. But how can
2: they compare when they don't know anything about Zookeeper?
1: Well, she's no, going to be here tomorrow. She... He's talking about us.
2: Oh, okay. oh, yeah. You guys can't, no, too. No, see, he wasn't talking about us. Don't act like that. Thanks for
3: helping, th- though. Well, who else? What? <laughs> well, well she's going to be listeners. here tomorrow. Right, Everybody's going to be this. here tomorrow.
2: No, wait. I had someone ask me if one of the basketball CU men's basketball players were on the Bachelorette,
1: who would oh. win? I mean, Evan is a very easy answer. No, Evan, Evan makes it to hometowns. To like, yeah, hometowns,
2: mm-hmm. and then uh, it wouldn't go McKinley. Off. I think McKinley as well.
1: McKinley can close.
2: Or maybe Shane? I don't know.
1: I don't know I like enough Shane. about Shane's I like Shane. I do like Shane. I still, I still think McKinley has a better shot. Um, I think
2: McKinley has the best shot.
1: Yeah, I do too. Evan's I, making
2: I, it to hometowns. Yeah. But I mean, you that, can
3: very think... d- directly correlate athletic success to bachelor
1: success. Like Drew Locke would win The Bachelorette. He would. Easily, he would. You go in He'd with be the a vibe. fan
2: favorite immediately. You
1: go in with like a like. You're like, oh, yeah, that's Drew. And, I mean, like, you just get to be big because of that. Right. You don't have to, like, prove yourself. You're already proven. I mean,
2: even a proof of that is just not even in that sense. Jordan Rodgers won uh, the Bachelor. Yeah. Bachelorette.
1: Exactly. Not a very good quarterback, but yes.
2: But, <laughs> but, but that's, sibling. But sibling, too, a very blood. good
1: yeah. qu- I know. Like, if I were on there, I'd have to, like, go in there with a bunch of jokes to, like, prove that I'm, like, funny. And so many, so many of them would fail, and I'd be super forced trying to, like, get that point across. Everybody knows Drew Locke. Like he doesn't have to prove anything. He's just confident. He's quiet. He's like in the back the whole time. Makes his move late. Yeah, but no one would blame you for not being open.
3: Like you'd you would travel far on your openness. That's true. I would travel far.
1: I'm an open book. Every so, thought goes into the podcast.
2: We're gonna try and get Henry on Bachelor Nation. Yes. Everyone should help us. The
1: zookeeper will love that. <laughs> I mean, Kayla. Well, I'm always torn whether they to say her name. You should, I should I, on the podcast. I should definitely go with the nickname. Yes. Yep. Um, Anyways, well, that's the show. <laughs> uh, if you guys enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever. We like those. Seriously, and, uh, leave this man a review on iTunes. There's all sorts of haters.
3: If you're listening yeah. into this, you probably like Hank, so you should give him a good review on iTunes.
2: Yeah, I mean, he does a podcast for you guys every single day by himself.
3: Something so that's much, never been done before. It's
2: so much easier mm. to do it Daily with the three of us. It has, yeah. I feel like it's forty. You said forty-five minutes uh, forever ago, and I was like, We're, "Wow, it's yeah. been forty-five minutes. That's crazy." It goes so much faster with three people. But Henry has been doing a fantastic job all on his own. So give this man a review.
1: Thank you. Um, if you have like any comments or anything, leave them in the. Comment section for the show on the post for the show at the dmbr.com Or we'll tweet. We'll get to those tomorrow. Or tweet. Yeah, we like Twitter too. No. Oh no. J- Only for oh, subscribers. Okay,
2: sorry. <laughs> Good point,
1: Ryan. Okay, bye. I
0: think I like my Colorado 180 80. speed and competition. competence, and see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy, yeah. and boat where we station patiently awaiting Boy. when I hit the it's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave Look into my eyes, I can tell that you're afraid uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya, hit ya, hit ya hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watchin' the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle God. And we ain't playin' with you, you can get it anytime We yeah. start at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. Yeah. I'm Colorado swag In the middle I team. think they like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad Holla get a bus with my Colorado swag My Colorado swag, my Colorado swag I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag